Hey there, and welcome into another exciting episode of A for Effort. I'm your host, Matt, and as always, we start off giving thanks to our unofficial sponsor of the podcast, AMC A-List. $19.95 a month, get you three movies a week at local AMC theaters in your area. Check amc.com for theater listings and offer availability. Man, what a decade it's been. I mean, let's can we just start by talking about the MCU as a whole? I mean, in 2008, Iron Man was just one movie, and now in 2019, 23 movies later, the MCU is a juggernaut of a franchise, and it's just an amazing feat of what they've accomplished since 2008. In 2010, just think about this, they had one release, and that was Iron Man 2. And then after that, the the floodgates were open, and it's just an incredible feat in 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 and of itself. It's just an incredible feat. So, um, as you can tell, we're going to talk decade. Uh, we're going to talk twenty ten to twenty nineteen, and the top movie that I feel of every year so far. Um, there's a lot to choose from. It's been a great decade. I feel like I've seen a ton of movies over this decade, and, and in the last two years since I started this podcast. I have seen 110 movies. That's right, 110 movies. Um, it's kind of crazy. It's, it, it's just downright. And that doesn't even count the amount of times I've actually been to the movies because I saw Avengers Endgame five times in the theater. I saw uh, Last Jedi like four times in the theater. I mean, like captain marvel three times i mean i i see movies right and so i'm, I'm probably up to 130 actual viewings in the movie theater um and so it's just fun to get out and go see movies on a weekly basis it's fun to get out and, and enjoy the theater experience i mean it's changing um these luxury recliners are really an upgrade um assigned seating which feels like it should have been there all along. It's made my life so much easier about going to see a movie on opening night. That's for sure. Um, I mean, it's just fun. It's just fun to get back out and enjoy the theater experience. Because, I mean, looking at these lists in the early years, I haven't seen every single movie that came out in those years. So, for me, it was kind of limited to what I could rank, you know, to the movies that I've seen. But I have seen them since. So, it's not like I'm ranking the movie theater experience as a whole and the only ones I thought saw in theaters, I'm ranking them based off of the movies I've actually seen. And, you know, it's been, like I said, it's been a great decade. So let's just roll right into it. Um, 2010, the, I mean, probably one of my favorite movies of all time. And that's Inception. I mean, listen, Chris Nolan has made a name for himself since 2005 when he came out I mean, even before that, I mean, we're talking one of the best directors of this generation. I mean, I just think Chris Nolan as a whole uh, is probably the single best director, maybe outside of Quentin Tarantino, for just movies in general. And Inception was just his crown jewel to me. I mean, there is nothing better than Inception. Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Tom Hardy, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I mean... The list goes on with the cast, uh, Colin Murphy, Michael Caine, uh, man, just so much. I mean, the movie is just brilliant. The concept of the movie is brilliant. The ideas, the, just everything, everything. I mean, a dream within a dream within a dream, like the idea behind it, the ending. I mean, to this day, I mean, I believe wholeheartedly that the man is still dreaming. I truly believe wholeheartedly in my heart that... 
Leonardo DiCaprio is still dreaming at the end of that movie. I th- I love the fact that it's open-ended. I love the ambiguous ending. I love the fact that you don't watch the pendulum either tilt or drop. You just It's just there, and it's just the end of the movie because it's open to talk and discussion. I love that about Chris Nolan. You know, His movies are always open to interpretation, whether it's Inception or The Prestige. I mean, all of it. I mean, just he's a great director. I mean, he truly, truly is a great director and inception is the crown jewel. I mean, I'm excited for tenant in 2020 and we're going to get into a most anticipated list of 2020, uh, next episode, but like tenant, I mean, it could overtake inception. It's got a great cast. You never know, but Nolan just, just, Nolan's just Nolan. I mean, there's just no way to put it. I mean, his dark Knight trilogy, um, everything, 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 the Dark Knight trilogy, Inception, Memento, The Prestige. I mean, Nolan is just one of the best. And Inception, just in 2010, phenomenal film. I mean, cannot be beat. I mean, absolutely a phenomenal film. Um, 2011 was a hard year for me because there was a lot of movies in that year that I truly loved, whether it's Fast Five, uh, X-Men First Class, Captain America, The First Avenger, Thor, um, but the movie to me that really stands out from the list is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Um, I didn't read the books. I've only ever really enjoyed the movies, and this was the culmination of uh, of what seemed like an insurmountable task. I mean, and and we'll get more into what seems like an insurmountable task as the years go on with the MCU and a couple of movies that made this list. But Harry Potter back then, I mean. It was the culmination. It was eight movies. Like no one had ever gone that far deep into a franchise. Like a trilogy seemed like a lot, right? When you do three, whether it's the Lord of the Rings or the Dark Knight trilogy. But they did eight. Like they kept Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson and that group and that group together for eight movies and it's just an incredible feat. Like I mean it truly is. It's truly a beautiful thing. And this was just the culmination of it all. And the final battle between good and evil, between Harry and Voldemort, lived up to expectation. Um, it, it uh, Daniel Radcliffe delivers one of my favorite lines in all of the Harry Potter's movie, Harry Potter movies when he says, come on, Tom. Like, I love that. I love that line. I love that. Di- I just love everything about that sequence. So, I mean, like I said, we're going to talk a lot about culmination film and and – like the idea behind like the concept that you could take a book series and then make eight movies and keep the same pretty much the entirely same cast throughout those eight movies and everyone's in love with it like it's not just you know a a niche character it's it's harry potter you know and everyone has tried to capture what Harry Potter was, whether it's with the Hunger Games or uh, Maze Runner, you know, that teen drama from film, from book to film, has never truly caught on the way it did with Harry Potter. And to this day, I mean, Universal Studios has adapted it into a theme park. Uh, Fantastic Beasts has spun out of it into two films, possibly three or more. You know, the idea of Harry Potter lives on and, and it'll never go away. And I, and so for that, 2011, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two uh, gets the nod as the best movie of that year. 
Um, keeping that theme of culmination, we're going to talk 2012. Um, again, hard year to really you know, judge because the Dark Knight Rises came out, which is the third in the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, but for me, it's it's the Avengers. I just have so much love for that film as a whole. Um, I remember seeing it in Las Vegas with my sister and my wife at a midnight showing there. You know, my friends had already seen it back in uh, Orlando, having seen it three hours earlier than me. And, I mean, listen, it was unheard of at the time. To You took the star of Iron Man and the star of Captain America and the star of Thor and the stars of these movies and put them together in one movie and made it work, right? And not only that, but you introduced Black Widow, you introduced Hawkeye, you introduced a new version of the Hulk. And and also while keeping like the cohesiveness of Nick Fury's character and everything that surrounds that, right? And you made a cohesive movie and it worked. And it was brilliant. You brought in Loki, you Tom Hiddleston's Loki. I mean, all of this stuff, all of this stuff worked. And it was brilliant for what it was. And it was like that seemed like an insurmountable task that they could bring these three franchises together and make this one movie. Like it seemed so insurmountable, but then they did it again. And then they did it again. And then they did it again. And then they culminated that with another movie later on on the list. And it's just so, so effortless for them now. And it all starts with Avengers. It all starts back in 2012 when that movie came out and it worked. Because if it didn't work, if, if, if for some reason people didn't go out and see Avengers in 2012, we wouldn't have Endgame in 2019. We wouldn't have Age of Ultron in 2015. We wouldn't have Infinity War in 2018. We wouldn't have 23 movies. This, this amazing amazing mcu might have died in 2012 with the avengers if this didn't work so 2012 the avengers gets the nod as the top film of that year now 2013 this is another year that i had a tough decision to make because there are some great movies that i've seen in this year um it's tough it really truly is tough to decide when you're looking back at a year that had so many great releases, I mean, just in 2013 alone, you had World War Z, Iron Man 3, Man of Steel, Now You See Me, Pacific Rim, This Is The End, Oblivion, Hangover Part 3, Saving Mr. Banks, The Great Gatsby, Gravity, Olympus Has Fallen, Lone Ranger, Wolverine. I mean, the list goes on. But for me... At the end of the day, after pondering on it and thinking about it and really, really, really trying to, to I mean, honest, like, honestly tell myself what was my favorite movie that year. And after I sat and thought about it and really, really took my time making this list, I, I came down to Now You See Me. It's not the best movie that I've ever watched, but it was an incredibly fun film. It was an incredibly inventive film. I love the concept of, of, you know, sleight of hand magic being the concept of a heist movie. You know, I'm a sucker for a heist movie. I talk about it all the time. I, I truly love a heist movie. And to, like I said, introduce sleight of hand magic as the best way 
to have a heist movie just really like took me by surprise. Um, the cast of Jesse Eisenberg and I- Isla Fisher and Woody Harrelson and Dave Franco, my, uh, Mark Ruffalo, the twists and turns with his character in that movie. I mean, again, it's a great movie. It's not the best movie I've ever seen, but it's a great movie. And it takes the cake for that year just because it's a movie that I enjoyed. Now, Wolf of Wall Street's a close second. I like that movie, but it's not up to the standard I mean, to some, Wolf of Wall Street is 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 a modern classic, a Scorsese Martin. Uh, I mean, sorry, a Scorsese classic. But for me, it, it just doesn't it just doesn't hit the same way when I think about it in terms of like rewatchability. I could sit here and put on my TV and read a book or work on a podcast or you know clean a room with now you see me on in the background, and I can't do that with. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, like it's just not something I mean, I'd want to sit down and enjoy that, or you know, it's just a long movie in general. But I mean, it's just not something that I'm looking to like watch, like like I can of now you see me, and and now you see me too just doesn't live up to the the first one. The first one was an inventive movie. It was different. It was something people had not seen before, and you know, I wish that. Two was as good as one, but it's not, and that's okay. Um, but one gets to be the best movie of 2013, and only one can have that. And now you see me gets that nod. Uh, 2014, another hard year. You know, uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Winter Soldier came out, and this could be a Marvel heavy list. I could have the best Marvel movie of the each year going into the decade, right? But there was a movie that came out that year that. I stand behind to this day, and that is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Now, I owe my friend KC the nod for showing me Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and I just truly fell in love with Andy Serkis's portrayal of the character of Caesar and that movie with James Franco, and when they said they were making a sequel, I was just floored. And then I get into the sequel, I, I walk into the movie theater, and it's not only a good movie but it centers more around the apes than the human characters and i get to fall in love with caesar all over again and i get to enjoy his character and i get to enjoy the story of his family and 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 the villain of coba i mean his story and how he fits into it all um it's just a brilliant movie i mean man i if you just said to me back when i saw Planet of the Apes in 2011, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. If I, if you just said to me, man, like that to me, uh, was okay. Yeah, I might, I might eventually see a sequel if one came out. And then I see that sequel and it just floors me. It just blows me away. The the ideas, the 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 story, the plot. I mean, everything about that movie is brilliant. And and the hardest part is not putting war for the planet of the apes on this list because that's equally as good as as dawn but dawn to me set the pace for war and matt reeves just created a world that i wanted to be in more and more and more and i'm glad i got to go back for the end of the trilogy and i'm and the end of caesar's story andy circus to this day i fight and fight and fight believing that this man should have won awards for his portrayal of Caesar in these movies because he's just that good. And he, and it's not fair that the committees, these award 
committees don't see a CGI character as a character. You still need to act. You still need to portray. You still need to adhere emotion and tell a story through character. And the best thing that Andy Serkis does throughout that entire movie is tell a story, tell the emotion through the eyes of Caesar. And it's just a beautiful thing. The movie's beautiful, and it's an incredible feat of just pure like everything about the the cinematography and and the CGI and the computer imaging of the monkeys and the apes is just absolutely incredible and uh, 2014 like that movie just just it takes the year it takes it takes it all it's it's an incredible movie it's an incredible feat to have accomplished such a, a wonderful film uh 2015 again hard year cuz i could talk about a marvel movie every year but there's a movie that came out in 2015 that for me just is above and beyond all the rest and that's creed um my whole life my whole life i've grown up with rocky balboa uh, my dad watched rocky more than anything in the entire world it was just this incredible movie that you know i lived with and haven't seen you know, one through six, so damn much in my life that it was just like, man, like another one, they're making another one. Like that's how I felt going in. Right. But I knew I had to see it. I knew I had to live on that legacy of Rocky Balboa. And then they give me Creed and Creed is a modern masterpiece. And I don't say that lightly because it's an incredible movie. And could I said this, I have a review of that movie when it came out. That I said, when my dad showed me Rocky, I knew I liked it. But then someone showed me Creed. And now I have a movie to show my kids. Now I have a movie that I'll watch all the time with my family and my kids. And Creed is that movie. You know, one of the things I loved about the movie, it wasn't afraid of the heritage. It wasn't afraid of Rocky Balboa. It wasn't afraid of to take his character in new places it was gut-wrenching and just downright amazing it was one of the best performances i've ever seen uh sylvester stallone give you know the the cancer diagnosis and the way he handles it and the way that him and michael b jordan play play off each other in that moment it's just an absolutely incredible feat it's just an incredible like just an an all all out incredible film and like i said it's probably one of my absolute favorite favorite sylvester stallone performances and it just solidifies michael b jordan for me as one of the best uh one of the best actors of our generation um he's just he's just that good i mean honestly he's just that good so as we get as we further on this list, um, it got very hard for me to pick one movie, but I, I I did, and I did pick one movie, and you may not agree. I don't want you to agree. I want you to I want you to listen to this and hear me talk about my favorite movies of the decade, and you tell me yours. I want you to uh, d- debate with me your favorite films. So for instance. In 2016, all those great movies that came out, the one that I settled on was Arrival. I love Arrival. I've tried showing it to my wife and my mother-in-law, and I've tried talking to people about watching this movie. And the thing about it is is that some people find it boring. Some people look at it and go, oh, it's just drawn out and boring. But the ideas, the plots, everything that comes behind 
this movie is just incredible. Like I, I truly, truly, truly love Arrival. Uh, I have not one, one time ever watched that movie and not shed a tear because the ending to that movie, the way that it's written, the 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 storytelling of this movie, the non-linear storytelling, is just an absolutely brilliant feat, and it's just so like inventive and when you actually learn the twist the plot of that movie it just breaks your heart it it hurts it's painful but yet you know she goes on with it she she doesn't she doesn't stop and that's the point like if you could know the future if you had the opportunity to know your future and know what the future holds and you still decide to do it because you want to love this person and you want to share the life that you know you're going to have with this person even though it's going to come to an abrupt end and you know when it's going to end and you know that it's going to happen but you still want to do it that's what makes that movie so good that's what makes the heart of that movie so good is when that twist happens you're like man like it gets you thinking about whether or not you would make that decision it gives you an idea of like do I have what it takes to make this decision that she makes in that movie? Um, you know, Jeremy Renner's character chose not to live with that decision. Amy does, you know, and, and, and that to me is where it's just a beautiful, beautiful film. And it's a beautiful, beautiful ending to a wonderful film. Uh, if you have not seen Arrival, it's worth it. I'm promising you get out and see this movie. I know that it, it probably is going to seem long and boring. It, it is kind of drawn out. Uh, Danny Villeneuve, who made that movie, does this with his movies. They are drawn out. Like I am not going to deny that. They are drawn out. They are a bit tough to watch. But let me tell you, it's worth it. I promise. It's, I promise. I promise. I promise. Get out and see Arrival. It's worth your time. I cannot stress this enough. So we have three years left on the list. And man, these years get tough because this is when I started to see a lot of movies. But I'll tell you what. These are some good ones. I, 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 you know, in 2017, I had to contend with Last Jedi and Thor Ragnarok and Spider-Man Homecoming Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I mean, there's so many good movies that year. And that's not to mention all the rest of the movies that came out that year. That's just the Marvel movies. But the movie that takes it is a Marvel movie. But it's not the Marvel movie you think. And that's Logan. Um, the final the final time that Hugh Jackman will ever play the character. And probably down, downright his best. It's it's an amazing movie. The black and white cut of that movie is insanely great. Uh, Patrick Stewart as Professor X is incredible. I mean, God, he's good. God, the movie's good. I mean, God. Like, the movie is incredible. And the fact that James Mangold got to take the gloves off and make the movie that he wanted to make and no one was going to hold him back this go-around, that's what makes that movie so damn good. You know, everyone was so scared to make rated R superhero movies or just tell the stories they wanted to tell. They always thought they had to be family-friendly or had to be a certain type of movie to get it made. And the thing that I feel like the Marvel Cinematic Universe did was tell – 
stories first, then the superhero aspect of it. Tell a tell an espionage movie that happens to have a Captain America in it. Well, this is a spaghetti western that happens to have Logan in it. And it's just this brilliant, old-timey, western-esque movie about an old gunslinger who doesn't really got it anymore, but he's got to go on this one last journey. It's so freaking good, man. And damn, dude, like he deserved every award that year. Every award. Like he was downright the best actor of that year and it just sucks because because he deserves better he truly does i mean it's not fair to hugh jackman that no one respects superhero movies like i I get it 2019 might be the year they finally do i mean last year they respected black panther and this year already you know joaquin phoenix is winning awards for joker but those awards already should have been won by by Hugh Jackman for Logan. Not to mention he'd been playing the character for for ten plus years. If his first time, his first turn as Logan was two thousand, and that seventeen years he played the character for. I mean, come on, show him some love. I mean, Logan is just an incredible film, incredible, incredible film. I mean, wow. So 2018, this is when I got my movie pass. This is when I got my AMC A-list card. And I was seeing movies left and right. Man, like I, there's just so many to choose from. And I was going to go back-to-back with Infinity War and Endgame as the top two of 2018 and 2019. Spoiler alert for 2019. But then I decided that because of Endgame in 2019, that I'm, I'm going to give the award to somebody else. Not that Endgame wasn't the best movie of that year, but there's a movie that's a close, close, close second. And I promise you, it's a close second. And that's why it's going to get it. And that's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes, an animated movie is getting the best movie of 2018. All right, Believe it or not, this movie is absolutely incredible, and and, and and it is a close second to Infinity War, only because Infinity War w- w- was what felt like the culmination of, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe until Endgame. And then, so I look at it and go, okay, well, if, and if Infinity War is not the culmination and Endgame is, then what movie deserves it most? And that is Into the Spider-Verse. I mean... To think Sony struggles making Spider-Man movies, but yet somehow, someway comes up with this absolutely incredibly brilliant Spider-Man movie that not only tells the origin story of Miles Morales, but tells the origin story of six, seven Spider-Men, Spider-Men and women. And it's just an incredible movie. It's the animation styles unique and different and original. The storytelling is unique and original because not only are you getting the quintessential Spider-Man story, but you're also getting the origin of a brand new Spider-Man and, and Miles Morales. Uh, the the voice cast, everything about this movie, just an incredible, incredible movie. I mean, I, I, I I can't speak highly of it enough because it's animated and everyone kind of shunned it off because, oh, it's an animated Spider-Man movie. It's a niche movie. Guess what? It's not. It's the most heartfelt movie of 2018. The the story behind it, the, the, everything about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is just an incredible feat. It won the Best Animated Oscar. Should have won Best Picture. I mean, the movie is incredible. I, I can't speak highly of it enough. And 2018 was a tough year to compete with. I mean, we had Infinity War and Black Panther. Uh, it's just so many good movies. Uh Bad Times at the El Royale. I mean, the movies, the list of those movies in 2018 could go on and on and on. But man, oh man, was Spider-Verse good. It really, truly was. All right, and you already know it. I talked about it. 2019 is the number one movie of the year. 
So why wouldn't it be the number one movie of the decade of tw- uh, to end the decade? And that's Avengers Endgame. Like we talked about earlier, the MCU as a whole, an incredible feat to have told a 23 mo- cohesive 23 movie story to end it with Endgame and truly, truly, truly like bring the universe together to fight epic forces of evil. I mean, I, I, no one ever saw that coming. No one saw what 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 was and what could have been when they introduced the MCU back in 2008 when when Nick Fury first said, you're part of a larger universe, you just don't know it yet. Nobody knew what that meant. D- damn near Marvel didn't even know what that meant. But here we are 11 years later and they have the largest movie franchise in the world the largest grossing movie of all time 2.8 billion dollars people went in droves to see this movie i saw it five times in the theater i own it i've watched it on disney plus i i mean this movie is just incredible it's an incredible incredible movie and and it doesn't get the as much love as you'd think because people sometimes go oh well do i need to see the other movies to watch endgame who cares it's it's a feat amongst itself it's never been done before you know i talked about it with harry potter i talked about it with Avengers like it's the culmination like no one thought this was possible in 2008 or before no one even like and now every movie studio wants to do what Marvel has done and create a a shared universe you know DC is probably the closest thing Warner Brothers DC is probably the closest thing to being able to do this but yet they're so far away they tried it they made their uh, Justice League movie and it just wasn't the same and that's the part about it that that bothers me is like you know you have an, uh, an embarrassment of riches at DC you have an embarrassment of riches with this uh, universal monsters world that we've talked about or Harry Potter trying to expand it into Fantastic Beasts but yet no one has done what they've done and made this shared universe I mean the closest thing to Marvel's shared universe truly is the Fast and Furious universe because they kind of did it first in Fast Five by bringing together every cast member that's ever been in an, in a fear, fear, you know Furious movie. But I mean, Endgame just to me just culminated all of the hard work that Marvel did, and not only was it a cohesive movie, it was a brilliant movie, and it ended arcs. And it started new ones, and it, it it literally was an ending, a beginning, a sequel, a prequel. I mean, everything you needed it to be, everything it, I didn't know I actually wanted in a movie, and that's what makes that movie so damn good, and, and it's the best movie of 2019, and it should be no surprise, you know, Knives Out was a close second for me, because that movie just was so damn good. But Endgame, man, like, I can't speak highly of it enough. And and call me a fanboy all you want because I truly am and I'm not afraid to admit it. But if a movie's better than it, I'll admit it. And there's just nothing better than this movie this year. And that's and that's saying something. And I, I want to thank you guys for listening in to my Decade episode. This was a fun one. You know, I saw this list on Twitter and was like, I want to do this as an episode. I want to talk about my favorite movies of the decade. And I hope you have favorite movies of the decade. Get out and, and, and talk to me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat about, 
your favorite movies and, and do you agree with me do you disagree with me let's talk let's 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 get out there and do this damn thing and and start discussion about film because that's all films should do is start discussion and I think like the open talking about Inception and how much that movie gets me talking and how much that movie every time I show it to somebody we have like a 30 minute discussion of what that movie is and what that movie represents and I just love discussion about film and discussion about movies and everything like that and, and I want to I want to share this moment with you guys and it's and it's a it's a blessing to be alive and well in 2020 and I'm excited to to get into the next year and really really start seeing movies and really enjoy 2020 you know so we're going to next episode is going to be a most anticipated list of 2020 um, I have been your host, Matt. I'm so excited to bring to you all of the new stuff in 2020 that we have to offer. Going to be talking trailers and TV shows and movies, as always. Um, like, subscribe, and share, comment on however you're listening, whether that's on Spotify, Apple, or Google. Uh, please, please, you know, share with your friends, get people listening. Uh, you can also find us on Anchor. That's the home of the podcast. I want to thank them for allowing me to share the wealth that I that my podcast is, and I really do appreciate that. I want to thank my buddy Daryl for the new logo. He did a great job with that. Uh, yeah, enough can't be said for for a for effort. You know, we went from a small YouTube channel into this podcast, and I'm really hoping to take it to the next level in 2020. So, I have again have been your host, Matt. Come back to us next time on another exciting episode of A for Effort. We will always have quality trailer, TV, and movie reviews.